Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The FCB Radio Network, where real talk lives. Hey yo, good morning and welcome to Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Darbio, the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show and the Brian Blankenship. First and foremost, we'd like to thank our listeners tuning in to Mansfield on 97.3 FM and 1440 AM. ESPN. And all our listeners tuning in on the ESPN app. Uh, <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Y'all are corny. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NRCLE and Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. Boy, do we have a fun-filled episode for you guys this morning. Me yes. and Dar- me and Darby will have a fun episode. Put your seatbelts on. <laughs> Hands may be thrown. Slapboxing cut- may happen in the studio. We cutting some mics off today. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how's everybody doing? Man, uh, on a sports aspect or a personal aspect? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. On a personal aspect. Well, sports is life, though, right? Yeah, sports so, is life. Right. Other than sports, it's been a little rough week for me. Right. Uh, I'm in the same room as Eric right now. We got problems after, <laughs> after this whole uh, yes. first yes. segment. Yes, we are, they, yeah. they have been beefing on our group text. Look, look man, the, the, so let's just trade. open this up. We're going to open the floor. First off, we're talking about our Cleveland Cavaliers and the trade that they made with uh, involving Kyrie Irving. Yes. So uh, this group text that Darvio was referring to. We, Hold on, set it up for people who are living under the rock. What was the trade? The trade was Kyrie Irving. To the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. I'm probably gonna say his name wrong. Anti Zizic, and the Brooklyn Nets unprotected, which is key here. Yeah, unprotected 2018 first round. You might you might as well already say it. Say it how it is. Which the the number number one one overall pick in in 2018. It'll be top three at worst. It'll be top five. The number one pick in the 2018 (laughs) NBA draft. So this group text message is boo boo. (laughs) Brooklyn is Brooklyn trash. Hot steaming trash. (laughs) First of all, before we go any further about this, I just want to do something that nobody else has done we all know what the trade was right. like you said you, you know everybody seems to be throwing you know the whole Kyrie. everything's talk about this Kyrie. oh he's in boston now oh he wanted to leave and all this let me be the first one to come out and say welcome to cleveland isaiah thomas jay crowder ante zizic and the 2018 number one overall pick in the draft. Yes. Okay. All right, go ahead. So this group text message that Darvio is referring to, we have a group text where we text throughout the week what we're going to wind up talking about. And so when this broke, obviously we all just started blowing each other up, mainly me and Brian. Me, now, me and Brian, uh, we haven't spoke since the trade. We worked together, and we actually avoided each other at work because we were angry, whether it be fake or real. <laughs> oh, I was hoping he got stuck in traffic today. <laughs> so I couldn't. I was like, man, and it and it, you know, it's the the trade went down Tuesday. It is Sunday, and we're just now we're just now talking, <laughs> getting over this. Right? Yeah, this so, is taking time. Um, yeah. So Brian here thought that I disliked or. Did not agree with the trade because I was 
analyzing it. I was breaking it down as any sports fan or sports talk show host would do. Okay, before I even get into what I, you know, I felt. Darvio wasn't able to see the text message. Yeah, because my phone had been messing so, up. All so week. that's that iPhone for you. <laughs> Stop hating. Is it, t- tell him. Tell him. <laughs> he's an eyeball in general all day today. Um, I'm getting so, picked on today, y'all. So I made it clear to him. I said, You may not have said the exact words that you disliked this trade. You thought it was a terrible trade. I did but not you, think it was a terrible trade. But ever. you insinuated that the trade was terrible. And I read off the, the whole text message to Darvio. I let him him go ahead and read it and based on what i told you dario that i have read to you i would have came to that same conclusion to the exact same conclusion he said that he basically said the trade was terrible so i did no such thing i'm gonna give you the floor and explain your your feelings about this trade first okay i is it a good trade yes but here there's always a but whether it's big or small um Oh, that's, so, that's unnecessary, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> totally unnecessary. So, um, I, we're going to say the Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie comparisons for last. First, at, at first glance, I'll admit, was I wrong about, I, I'd say the, the one I was least excited about in the trade was Jay Crowder. And I'll admit I was wrong on my reasoning. I, and I'll put it out there. In the group text, I'm like, he's trash. He's garbage. All he does is play defense. In hindsight... Okay, it was a knee, it was a knee jerk reaction. Defense is what we need the most, especially against Golden State, which it seems like what we are always trying to build our team to do is defend Golden State. Oh yeah. So, all right, I've come to terms with the Jay Crowder acquisition. Um, he plays defense. Um, and keep in mind, he plays forward, not small forward, not power forward. He plays forward. It means you can put so him. So he can guard the He four. can guard multiple positions the at the, yeah, yeah. as far as the four. And he can even guard a shooting guard, depending on who it is or whatever the case may be. He is versatile in that manner. And he is exactly what – I'm going to say this a few times, so get ready for this. He is exactly the type of player LeBron James needs, a guy who's going to play defense – and take some uh, some some of the wear and tear off of him in regards to having to play both sides of the floor, and he can stand in the corner and get ready to shoot when LeBron throws in the ball. Okay, go ahead. So, um, you know, I'll own up to that. All right, I was I probably spoke out of turn because I was just. You know, just so you guys know, I am in studio wearing my Kyrie Irving jersey on purpose today because I wanted to egg Brian on. <laughs> <laughs> so Petty. now go go on to um, say his name. I'm not even saying Zizitz. Z- you figured this out. <laughs> Zizit. You're so petty. <laughs> All right. So the the center. Now here's the other the thing. Center. The center. The <laughs> center. <laughs> Mister Zizit. Seven foot with a seven foot wingspan. Um, he's a Croatian player. 20 uh, years old. Played uh, over in Europe. He has potential. Now, do we need a center? Yes. I, I, I'm I, all for that. I like the, the potential he has. It's a, uh, no offense to Tristan, but it's a position of need. Um, so, yeah, because Tristan really is playing out of position anyway. And he's making too much money. Actually, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think he's, he is a you center. You think he's a natural center? He is a natural center. Ben Wallace played center. He can play center. He is a natural center. He can't shoot he the can ball at all. Play power center. forwards, po- centers, like like. But he was drafted as a power bro, forward. Natural centers are exactly that. They play in the paint. That's all he does. He can't play. He can't play outside the paint. He can't shoot. He can't shoot at all. Like he <laughs> should never shoot. Even when in practice, if he shoots, I'd I'd be like, run. You're doing suicide. <laughs> like he should never shoot. It just not. It's not in him. So, so I, he is a natural center. That I'm gonna just say with Ante Zeus. Uh, Look, I can't even say his name now. Uh, Zizic? Zizic? The center. The center. <laughs> um, like you said, he's 20 years old. He was the 23rd pick in last year's draft. He did not play for the Celtics at all last year. If he's a first-round pick, he has some kind of potential. It's just a matter of what he does. Not a lot of people know what he does, and, and I can say on the, everything I've seen, I haven't, I'm not sure either. Well, here's a quick snapshot of what some of his stats were in the EuroLeague last year. He uh, had 21.9 minutes per game. Uh, his point per game average was 9. His rebounds was high, 6.7 uh, per game. Field goal percentage of uh, 649, which was really high. Free throw percentage of 643. Uh, but now you also got to keep in mind that that's only across 20 games. So if, if you expand it out over 
the the whole NBA season. The whole NBA season. Those, they wouldn't be as inflated as they are. Right. At the same time, it's the Euro League. It's a whole different league. Right. Like um, they don't even have the I mean, stats that, for the three point percentage. Right. But the but the thing that is um, different from the Euro League is that look, well, the Euro League is probably the closest thing before the NBA. Like that's almost you know like. Like, a lot of the great talent goes there, plays there, or, you know, and then comes back to the NBA. Or, right. they're like, a lot of the Chris Porzingis and all these guys out there, those guys, you know, uh, may have played out there. So, um, the EuroLeague is a, is a good league. You know, the Gasol brothers, all that are from there. Um, so, they have a lot of talent, so they kind of have to spread out the, the minutes and everything. So, that's well, why he doesn't play a lot of minutes. But well, let me ask you real quick um, before – before we go around the room and I get into to all of our views on, oh, I didn't on even the finish trade. breaking this down though. But I want to ask I want to ask him a question. What have you seen the projections for this kid to be like in the NBA compared to name your center? Well, the issue with with um, international players in general, a lot of them always. I'm not even going to say always. Usually go over back overseas and we just own the rights to them. So right now because it's so early after the trade was made, I don't know whether or not he's going to stay here and actually be a part of the so team. So you think he may get moved? He might he might just stay in the Euro in the Euro League. Well, I know he's coming to the league. He's, he's gonna definitely coming to the NBA. Do you think he's coming for He's sure. definitely coming this year. Okay. Yeah, if he's, he's definitely coming this um, year. That's what I've heard. I mean, potentially how – I don't think it's any different from when we had Sasha Khan, to be honest, Lee. I don't know if you remember oh, Sasha so Khan. that's yeah. not much. Sasha yeah, Khan. Yeah, I don't – I Sasha, mean, yeah, Sasha, 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 Sasha Khan. Khan. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't – yeah, I'm not uh, – I don't think he's going to make that big of an impact. That's just my personal opinion. Now, moving on. Uh, so we've touched on Jay Crowder and Anthony Zizek. Zizic, the, the, center. the center. Um, <laughs> the most important key to this trade, in my opinion, is the unprotected 2018 first round pick, which will more than likely be the first overall pick from the Brooklyn Nets. Did you just say, in your opinion? <laughs> in most people's opinion. Man, we talked about this off air. <laughs> so, and, I, and we all agreed. Okay. So, yes, in my opinion. All right. So, look, I, I do believe that this is the most important thing. We now, were, I will say, as Cleveland fans and anybody out there listening, I love this part of the trade. This is my favorite part of the trade. Why uh, us as Cleveland fans do we love draft picks the most when we never know what they could turn into? Especially, hold on, especially in the NBA. When the NBA draft is a crapshoot, more so than, say, the NFL. Can I answer that? It's because we're used to teams that suck. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say this though. Usually, usually, the number one pick in the draft, except for outside of a few different years, is very. Ooh, is, I was about to light is, you up there. You, you. I mean, usually the top. You the have top the, pick. The, yeah. Is is and not only just the good. top pick, but usually the top three or four. Right. The, in the, the NBA, right. usually as long as we do. don't. Do another Anthony gonna, Bennett type of move? Right, right. There's for every Anthony Bennett. There's Andre Bargnani was the number but one if pick. You, but if you think about it too, the year that Anthony Bennett got drafted, that whole draft for the most part you stunk. Can't, you, the best player that came out of that draft was probably Kemba Walker. I think he was in that. Uh, what, no, 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 no. That was the Kyrie. Yeah, that was the Kyrie. Wasn't it yeah. Otto Porter Jr. Or no, if no, that no. that makes it even worse. Saying <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. was the best. Like, Maybe I said Kemba. I, said, I don't even think that was his draft either. Yeah, but. we'll have to look that up to go yeah. ahead and try to find out exactly. We'll but uh, um, now, as far as this pick goes, I get what you're saying. We always want to look at the draft and and the next big player, whatever the case may be. But we are in a position right now that. Any team in the NBA would love to be in. Oh, no question. We have the best player in the NBA and the best draft pick going into next year. And and to, to that point, I believe it was either Jason Lloyd from The Athletic or one of the other reporters that said they asked uh, LeBron last year when they were playing Boston, um, what would it be like to be going to the Eastern Conference Finals and still have a, a top pick in the draft? And he said it would be pretty awesome. So. It's, it's a it's a dream come true for any organization. Well, right. yeah, because you 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 have so much power in the sense that either a you're using that pick, or b which are rumors already circulating that say the Br- 
Wow, the Browns. My bad. The Cavs. <laughs> See, look. For Browns draft on picks, the brain. You talk about draft picks. picks. You think Browns, right? <laughs> uh, The Cavs can uh, – there's rumors that they may already be trying to package that pick to try and get another Star all-star player. or superstar to try to get them here in Cleveland try to entice LeBron to stay instead of potentially leaving after the season. I think that's one of those situations where they're going to hold on to the pick until the very last minute that they need to. They're going to they're going to milk that pick forever. Real quick, we have 30 seconds left. I want to ask you both. Do you think we end up actually making that pick when it comes time for the draft next year? Yes. I think it's too early to tell because, like Brian said, he said yes or no. Answer the question. Right. I think yes it's too early to tell. Oh, that is so blame. Look, look, look. We're gonna we're gonna continue this talk about this trade when we come back. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back here on Necessary Roughness. If you're looking to increase productivity for your firm or medical office without increasing your expenses, then call Morrow Paralegal Services and let our experienced professionals provide you with quality work at reasonable rates. We provide paralegal services to attorneys, medical and law firms, and the general public. Give us a call at 216-273-6134. That's 216-273-6134. Again, that's 216-273-6134. At Marl Paralegal Services. Not an attorney. We do not give legal advice. This is Necessary Roughness on ESPN Mansfield and the FCB Radio Network. Hey, yo, welcome back to Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Darvio, the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show. Yes, sir. And the Brian Blankenship. What up? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NRCLE and Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. So before the break, we were talking about the whole Kyrie Irving, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Boston Celtics trade. Now, repeat your question, uh, Darvio. Um, my question was if you thought that by the time we get to the draft next year, that it will actually be the Cavs making the draft pick. I want to say yes, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that I'm going to go with these rumors, and I feel like they are going to try to package the trade, package the pick in a trade somehow to try to get another star-quality player here to Cleveland so that way we have more firepower, if you will, to either A, continue on if LeBron leaves, or entice him to stay. Which is the same thing they can do if they keep the pick. Which is which but is, I feel like if you have a more developed star that you know what they can do, he's more likely to do that but see, over. But see, that's the definition of a no lose situation. You don't either way. I'm fine with a win right, situation. Way you don't but lose. at the same time, don't mess it up by going and just trying to get a guy, any guy. You can't just no. Get you any can't guy. do that. You, you that's know, a, if New Orleans was like, if you could call New Orleans the Pelicans and be like, hey, I got this pick. Give us Anthony Davis. You do it. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. But if but if it's Boogie Cousins, you don't do it. You don't do it. I'm sorry. I've even though he's a hell of, of a even though he's a hell of a player, but I, he's on a he's on an expiring I'm, contract. Exactly. So. That's another. Thank thing you. So that's contracts. a great segue to me and my Isaiah Thomas analysis okay. part of this trade. Your critique. Okay. Okay. So let's do a couple quick comparisons. Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas were both drafted in the same year. Kyrie Irving was first overall. Oh, and that was 2011, by the way. Kyrie Irving was first overall. Isaiah Thomas was, was 60th. Mister Irrelevant. Okay. So. With that being said, Kyrie Irving is also three years younger. He's 25 compared to Thomas being 28. Um, let's go height difference. There's a few inches Considerable difference. height difference. Yeah, er, Kyrie is 6'3", and people thought he was short. short. Right. Well, Isaiah Thomas is even shorter at 5'9". And inches matter. He ain't 5'9", mm. y'all. <laughs> okay. He's 5'7". So, um, <laughs> that's a guarantee. Since you five, brought up seven. the contract, that's the first thing I'll address. <laughs> Kyrie Irving had two years left on his contract with a third year, which was a player option. Or was it a team option, Brian? It was a player option. Player okay, player option. option. Yep. Okay, so three years. Technically, it's around $60 million left, so which would break down to about $20 million a year. Now, since you brought up the contract of Boogie Cousins being on an expiring contract, Isaiah Thomas is on an expiring contract. He sure is. He has one year left on his deal. So Kyrie's replacement is potentially a one-year rental compared to Kyrie. You know, granted, I didn't want him on the team anymore, only for the simple fact he would have been a cancer. Well, he wasn't going to. He, he, he said, said he, he was wasn't going to report the training camp. Right. So, so you had no choice. Um, and now that is $6.25 million. That saves us a lot of money. A lot. 
Um, so that helps because I believe we, that we knocked off what twenty nine mil something off, like off that. the uh, well. That's why luxury it, tax or something. That's why like it that. took all the players that it did to make the deal happen. Because if you look at it, you're looking at uh, about a little over six million dollars from Isaiah Thomas, seven million from Jay Crowder, um, and then what is it two million? So that's fifteen million there. Uh, Kyrie's contract is about this year is I think eighteen. Okay, but when so, you add it all together over there, it's about twenty a year total. Right, because he makes like twenty two in the last. So right. statistically, yes, I'll put it out there. Isaiah Thomas had a better statistical season last year than Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. With that being said, he had no choice but to. He wore the backpack for Boston, and they he, finished first in he, the Eastern Conference he, he over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The you know the go to guy on the team. So, quick run through. He played four more games than uh, Kyrie, uh, 76 compared to 72. Uh, points per game, 28.9 for Isaiah, 25.2 for Kyrie. Field goal percentage, 463 compared to 457 for Kyrie. Uh, he had a slightly less percentage at three point, uh, 379 compared to Kyrie's 383. He did have a overall better uh, uh, free throw percentage, though, at 909 uh, compared to Kyrie's 873. And assists, he dished out the ball just a tad bit more than Kyrie at 5.9 compared to Kyrie's 5.5. So, statistically, he was better. But he was the go-to number one guy. In Cleveland, he's not going to be the go-to number one guy. Just like Kyrie wasn't. So, how much production is going to drop now that he's the number two instead of the number one? First of all. Second of all, like I already said, one-year rental. Is there going to be a drop-off in production? Um, and what I want, I want an answer here actually from not you guys. I mean, if you guys want to throw it in, go ahead. But why was there no physical before the trade was made? That is one of my biggest discrepancies. But here's my he question. He came though. out against us in the playoffs with an apparent hip injury. Right. He decided himself, not doctor's decision, himself to not have surgery. But here's my question. And it's though. come out since the trade that Danny Ainge and the Celtics that that did was have one concern, of their concern yeah. of is this going to be a lingering injury? But here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, the, in the NBA rules, if one of the players that you trade for doesn't pass a physical, you can void the trade. The, the, any In most sports, pretty yeah. much, if a they, player has to pass a physical they before the they physical. are traded. So he had to have gone through something to where they he's already in he's already in uh, I guess rehab treatments or whatever. So I think that's I mean that, I don't think that's an issue. I'm going to tell you what I think of this trade in general real quickly. If they could make a law right now called transaction robbery, <laughs> this would be a felony <laughs> on the Cavaliers' part because we stole the show with this trade. Every executive. In the NBA, scouts in the NBA have come out and said exactly the Cavaliers took off like bandits with this deal. And we definitely did win the trade. Let me put that out there now okay. before you try to crucify but me. When, but if we won the trade, there should be no question about how Isaiah Thomas is or what he is. We know what he is. He can score the basketball. The one statistic that you mentioned that I want to go ahead and point out to you. He had more free throw attempts per game than Kyrie Irving did. When LeBron leaves the game, you need somebody to drive the paint. He shot more threes and went to the free throw line more than LeBron. That is a beautiful thing because you need somebody to take over the game. You need somebody to go hard like LeBron goes hard when he's on the floor. When they're both on the floor, I already said, he shoots more three-pointers and made more three-pointers per game than Kyrie. You put him on the wing, LeBron will find him, and he'll be able to shoot those threes. Right. Everything that you look at, this is not a bad deal. The defensive part, we already know. They both suck. On <laughs> they defense. both suck. And then offensively, I think offensively and ball handling skills, Isaiah Thomas is no Kyrie Irving. It, uh, the, There's not going to be okay. a big drop-off. No, 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 no. But you, can, you can say that, but name one person that comes close to Kyrie Irving's ball skills. Nobody. Exactly. So what do you, what, how can you make a comparison or be upset about the ball skills? I said offensively and Russell Westbrook doesn't have as many, as better, you know, excuse me, better ball skills than Kyrie, but I'd take Russell Westbrook over Kyrie any day because he can get to the well, hole who and finish. All right. All right so... Isaiah Thomas can get to the lane. For him to be 5'9", he is relentless. He is a great player. The thing about, like we said, this we know what the trade did in regards to getting us the first pick and all that. 
you're getting the number one option on the team that finished number one in the Eastern Conference, and you're putting them on the number two team, and you're taking the number two option on the number two team that finished standings-wise last year, and you're putting him on the number one team. In my mind, the number one team just lost their number one scoring option to the number two team. You're, how are you losing well, this deal? And, I never and said I we kinda, lost the deal. Well, and here's, here's the thing, though. You keep trying to reiterate that. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, Because you keep trying to put words in my mouth. <laughs> I look at it like this. First of all, I love the trade. I thought the trade was, was probably the best that you could get to maximize the amount. You never, you never match value for value when you're trading a superstar. Yeah. But we got pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can replace the offensive points production number 1 was incredible that mm-hmm. you were able that you were able to do that number 2 when you look at Isaiah think about the way that Boston played last year everybody knew that he was the number 1 scoring option on that team right and teams loaded up against him they would they they game planned specifically to stop Isaiah Thomas and he still scored as many points per game as he did on that team in that situation. When he comes here, they can't do that to him. Yep. He's going to have – he's going to be amazed. Yes, his, his, he's not going to have the ball as much as he normally does, but he's going to be amazed at how open his looks are because teams are not going to be able to guard him on the Cavaliers the way that they did on the Celtics. And think about how this helps Kevin Love too. I'll end it on that. No, you you don't get as much Kyrie Irving talk. You should be, you know, hogging the ball. Kevin Love gets more opportunity. All right. Well, we'll come back here shortly on Necessary Roughness. Pleasure, the new single by Devon and Madeline Hayes. Get pleasure now on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, and on all other major digital outlets from FCB Records. This is Necessary Roughness on ESPN Mansfield and the FCB Radio Network. Welcome back to Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Darvio, the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show. Yes, sir. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Brian's distracting me over here. And the Brian Blankenship. It's Darvio, man. It ain't me. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I ain't do nothing. So for just, those of y'all that listened to our very first city. episode, <laughs> when Brian went to WWE SmackDown, he bought a piece of merchandise that we call the Unicorn. Um, it was a headband. That Among other things that we can't <laughs> yes, say on the that air. That we can't say on air. That Darvio now uses as a pointer when we're ready to go. <laughs> Come back from break. So anyways, to, <laughs> to wrap up this uh, Kyrie Irving trade, one question I want to pose you guys. So last year, the Celtics uh, were the number one seed in the East with a final record of 53-29. and 29. The Cavs were the second overall seed with a final record of 51-31. and 31. In with the Eastern this, Conference. In the Eastern Conference. With this trade... How does this translate record-wise? Do the Celtics finish with a better or worse record? And same thing for the Cavs, better or worse? And how does it translate in the playoffs? Well, hold on, better overall? Better or, overall record or season. better between the teams? Like, are you talking about? How, do they improve or do they get worse? Okay, there you go. All right, so I think Boston improves, but I think the Cavaliers also improve. I would argue based on not only just this trade, but a lot of the pieces that they've brought in Mm -hmm. Jeff Mm -hmm. green, Derek Rose, et cetera. I would argue that they are, we lost a better player. Uh, Boston got the better player, but I would argue that we're a better team overall now. So I think, yes, I think they both improve because Boston got uh, Gordon Hayward as well. Mm -hmm. But I think, it's very likely to me that we would actually finish with a better record. I'll make it quick. Both both teams will improve. Both teams' records will be better than they were last year. Um, and the Cavs, though, will 
jump the Celtics, be the number one seed, yeah. and Dwayne Wade will join the team. Oh, oh ended on yes. that. Yes, that's happening. Ended on too. that. Let's go. Okay. So, well, <laughs> the second part of that question, you guys forgot. How does it translate into the playoffs and their success in the playoffs? Cavs and Cavs are going to the yeah. finals. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Okay. Right. So that was the first piece of controversial uh, Cleveland sports news we talked about. Now we're going to transition a little bit, hit a different sport, and go to our beloved Cleveland Browns. Um, on, uh, they did play uh, Monday night in the second preseason game against the New York Giants. And before the game, during the national anthem, there were about, what, 12? 12. 12 mm-hmm. Browns players knelt, quote-unquote, in prayer during the national anthem. Yeah, that's what um, they said they did. Which, uh, of those 12, uh, two of the controversial ones, one was Isaiah Crowell, given uh, what he did last year, which those of you don't know, he made an Instagram post. That was very graphic against uh, police officers at not too long after the Dallas tragedy. Yeah. Um, he But he did, did then come out. He made a trip down to Dallas, and he made amends. Um, so he was one of the 12. And another one, which uh, Michael Bennett, I believe, from the Seahawks, had said uh, within that week before the game that to see any type of progress or developing, uh, trending upwards, if you will, on the whole – protesting national anthem a white player would need to join in on the protesting and the browns officially have the first caucasian player that knelt during the national anthem in tight end seth devalve he's the first one to kneel during he's not it. the first one he's to participate. not the, yeah. the first one to participate didn't Mike, i say that neil no yeah you right just just making it clear the first person the first well yeah because yeah, chris long was the first white one to show support by putting right. his arm around around um where was he at in Oakland? Was it Oakland? No, it wasn't no, 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 Oakland. Philly. But Ma- uh, Malcolm Jenkins in Philly. He, who had his fist yeah. up during that. And, that's right. and then the other one was Justin Britt with Michael Bennett putting his hand on his shoulder while he sat down during the Ashram. Right. So uh, with that being said, let's go to Darvio first. What are your thoughts on these Browns players kneeling during the national anthem? So I think the – I'm going to take a, another angle. I think the reaction to it – is just proof positive of what a lot of people have been saying that no matter what you do, people are going to be upset about it. They, they prayed, they literally prayed, they were praying and people are mad that they were praying. Like, literally like this isn't speculative. That's actually what they were doing. And, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. To go along with that, in defense of that, Seth the Valve did go to Stanford, in which he was some type of uh, prayer leader, like of some group there. So that is believable that they were praying yeah. and not just protesting. Well, on, and they said bad. the reason, and they said the reason why they did that is because they thought that more people would respect that than the regular protest, yeah. and it didn't matter. First of all, of course they have the of course they have the right to do it. The bottom line, I've been arguing with people all week. First of all, it's this is the NFL, it's not the NBA. The in the NBA, it is in your contract, contract. that yep. you have to stand it's, for the national yep. anthem. It is not in your contract in the NFL. Correct. So if it's not in your contract, you don't have to do it. Period. This is, Number 1. That is that is why this is a big issue to me is because they're, they don't have to do it's it. It's not in their contract. This is If this, this was is, the NBA, that's different because it's in their contract, number one. Number two, the, the bottom line is people want to spend all of their time being and seeing about how people protest and not spend any time whatsoever talking about why they're protesting. Everybody wants to get mad and just curse the Browns out and boycott and and ban and all the stupid stuff because you're mad about the protest. But nobody wants to spend a time. Nobody gives a damn about talking about why they're protesting. That's the biggest issue to me. Of course, they have the right to do it. And I think the whole controversy over it is stupid. I'm just going to say it's it just makes it very clear that this is all more of a personal conflict with people that they just want to point out. They they they're individualizing themselves on how they think every time you hear somebody say anything about it now. Like you can you can tell the people by uh, who they are, by what they say to this, just by the simple fact that you're not you're not focusing on the right things. This is this is bigger than the fact that they knelt during the game. This is this is stop focusing on this. Right. It's not that I mean, I'm sorry, it's not that big of a deal. At the same time, I will say this. When any job you go to, when you do something that it like if there's tradition of doing certain things a certain way and you do it against the, the rules, it makes sense. You can get in trouble for it. Pause before you continue. 
You say tradition. In my mind, tradition is something that's been happening for a very long time. It is not tradition if they didn't start coming out on the field and standing for the national anthem until after 2009, in which beforehand they were in the locker room. That is well, if it was not an issue before 2009 when they stayed in the locker room, why is it an issue now that they're out on the field? That's a well, good point. Where's the tea? At? I ain't got none. Where's the tea? Hey, at? hey I just want to. I just want to be able to joke about this and have a good time on this show. So I'm gonna say this. I think at this point in time, everybody's getting. You know, who is kneeling down is still on an NFL roster. So maybe we need to start thinking about the fact that Colin Kaepernick might not be that good. I mean, <laughs> I mean nobody, everybody else is kneeling. Nobody's getting cut. <laughs> Colin didn't make the cut. So I'm sorry. No offense to Colin, you know, but maybe he just ain't as good as everybody thought he was. So my biggest thing is the whole military argument. First of all, when this thing began, it had nothing to do with the military. Right. It was made out to be about the military by the media. And people who were in the military taking offense. Now, I have family in the military. I tried to serve in the military. Unfortunately, I couldn't due to having open heart surgery as a baby. So, I still support the military. I am thankful and have the utmost respect for the people who served. With that being said, whether you agree or disagree with what they are doing, you fought for their right to be able to do what they are doing. So... You don't have to agree, but you gave them that right. We're going to touch bases a little bit more on this when we come back right here on Necessary Roughness. This is Darby or the Kingpin Morrow. I want you to check out my new song, Unconditional, featuring Dan Smith. I know that I'm a harshest critic. I'm just trying to deal with it. I take it back because this ain't complicated. Yo, it's simple. We all looking for something that's unconditional. Get Unconditional now on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, and all other major digital outlets from FCB Records. This is Necessary Roughness on ESPN Mansfield and the FCB Radio Network. Hey, yo, welcome back to Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams, alongside Darvio, the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show, and the Brian Blankenship. Yes, sir. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NRCLE and Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. Look for the black and red lettering with the city skyline in the back. That's right. Yeah. So, before we went to break, I was saying... If you were in the military and you use that argument, that's great. You have a right to feel disrespected. I, I do not deny you that. You feel as though that these people should respect you and the flag, and you have that right to feel that way. But you also have to understand, whether you agree or disagree with them, you fought for them to have that right to be able to express their freedom of speech, whether you like how they do it or not. And then for those people who use that excuse but didn't serve in the military, please stop. Because you don't know what it was like to be over fighting in the military, defending our country. So for you to just use that to benefit your side of the argument is disrespectful, in my opinion, in itself. So the other point I want to make is most of these people that are arguing, oh, uh, that they shouldn't be protesting and expressing their freedom of speech. That's the First Amendment right. Those same people that are complaining about it are probably the same people who are defending their Second Amendment rights to be able to bear arms. You guys are crying, oh, don't take my guns, don't take my guns. But yet you're probably the same ones that are saying they shouldn't be expressing their freedom of speech. Where is the tea? I need some tea. Like, I got to sip some tea in like, here. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be, it's not a double standard. Yep. If you want to be able to have your Second Amendment right, then without being, you know, uh, blasted for it, then you shouldn't be blasting some of these people for expressing By their First, first Amendment, Amendment right. Yeah, that's a very, you know what? That's a very good point. And I mean, the thing about it is this, I, I feel like, People and I said this on Facebook. People are hypocrites. A lot of people are. Everybody hypocrites. is. I read at that some point so, or another. you know what I mean. Like it at was, the, it was long, but I read it. Yeah. <laughs> Those rant postings oh, that yeah, I make yeah. are usually. Oh long. yeah, when you yeah he he wrote a book. Yeah, and don't nobody know about it, but it's on Facebook. <laughs> he wrote a book. But yeah, I mean the thing about it is either you support freedom of speech or you don't. And the key element here in this conversation is like we mentioned. It's not in their contract. And it's also not criminal. 
Exactly. You have all these players in the NFL who are criminals, whether it be minor misdemeanors, whether it be, uh, you know, Mike Vick and his dog fighting days, you know, you know, Dante Stallworth and running somebody, somebody over in uh, Florida and killing them. Bro, I like, literally had someone tell me that it's worse to protest the flag than it is to do the stuff that you just mentioned. I literally had someone tell How me. is it worse to do a peaceful protest by taking a knee during a song? Please remember, people, this is a song. He wasn't protesting the flag. Please tell me, when did he say he was protesting the flag? I don't remember. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit I was wrong. If somebody can prove me wrong, show me where he came out and publicly said he was protesting the flag itself you're taking it oh he's disrespecting the flag he's disrespecting the country no he's standing up for something he believes in which is not a criminal offense whereas you're rooting for these players probably buying their jerseys and doing this that and other and supporting them while they're criminals yeah and it, but yet what he did is worse how where, un- where is your it's logic unbelievable i have a quote that i want to read i want you guys to remind me i'm going to save it until the end of this segment so rem- remind me, I want to I want to make sure that I read this quote to point out exactly what we're talking about. But what let's let's go to go, go to Brian. We haven't you haven't said so, much yet. Yeah. You, um, you, well, you guys all know how I am with, with right. the political talk. But um, here's a really like interesting question to for me that I want to ask you guys. Do you think that it's bigger to people because it's on such a national stage? I think. I think so, and I think here. Here's the thing: is a couple of if we're going to really get analytical about this, I feel like people have their image in their minds of what they believe the country is and supposed and is supposed to be. So, when any time that there's someone that says this isn't going right, that isn't going right, people have a natural reaction to want to lash out at that because they feel like this person is disrespecting the country. Not looking at the fact that if you look at the founding of our country and if you go talk to people, I have military friends as well that say, look, I may not support what they're doing, but I fight every day for their right to do it. There's nothing more patriotic than saying, I love this country, but this country is doing this wrong in this area. This is what we need to do to fix it. You're, you're trying to fight for what Lincoln called a more perfect union. That's the point. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. They just re- react and and when they react they're not listening to what these players are saying i saw the interviews that the browns players did after this to say that they were praying to say why they did it they explained why they did it the the um his name escapes me right now but the white player that was on part of that was in the protest on the browns seth Duvall. seth Duvall. he he gave an interview and said that look he has a he has a black child or mixed child you know what I mean? So he was like, he's standing for that because he's in an interracial marriage and he has a mixed child. I'm I'm going to say something that I think and, and stop me if I'm wrong about this, guys. But in my opinion, OK, how is kneeling during the national anthem any different than, let's say, putting a patch on a jersey when a team owner dies? Here's why I'm saying this. A guy like Art Modell passed away you put a patch on there to show your respect for him to show your you know your your disbelief that he's gone and that you know this is how much he meant to us Mm -hmm. we had a protest that led to the killing of a young woman a 32 year old woman if i'm not mistaken yes correct correct that was such a horrible thing how is it that we can't look at this and be like during a traditional, an American tradition, the national anthem, these these people went ahead and decided to pray and think about the things that we can they come prayed. together. They like prayed. They literally prayed. That's what they were doing. I can't get over the fact that people are mad at players but, but you, for praying. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Why is it that we, we separate the idea of showing our respect in in a fashion, we're not harming nobody. Nobody's right. harming anybody. Exactly. If I could, if if I was in the stands and I could kneel right there in my seat, I would do it. 
but I can't. You you got standing room only. Like, right, right. You know what I mean? So I mean that's what I'm saying. So it's unfair that these these owners and all this media and all these people and I also want to and there's also people who trip me out, like you said, these hypocrites who's who claim they stand by the the um you know the the protests and and given these rights and, and everything that they claim they stand by, but the moment they see the Browns being disrespectful, you guys are supposed to be professional. You know, you know, there's no way you should be doing that. Freedom too- for me and not for thee. That's exactly. It is a, it is the most craziest thing I have ever heard. And we cannot unite unless, like we talked about last week with LeBron, right. man. We got to love each other at this point in time. I'm just going to say to end my part of this is we, um, me personally, I probably would not stand or, I mean, I'm my bad. I would not kneel or sit. Um, I, you know what? I, I might. I thought about it because I was at the Monday night game when the Browns played the Giants, um, but I was late, so I, I didn't have a choice. If I of wanted, course you were late. It, I don't want to get into that. It wasn't my fault, honest to God. Um, so me personally, I probably would stand still because um, I do uh, – that's just kind of how I was raised. But I'm not going to look down on somebody who decided that they wanted to kneel and protest. No, perfect, I would support yeah. them. I would be that white perfect, guy that would be right next to them with yeah. my arm around them or whatever. The perfect example was Justin Britt for the Seahawks. He stood up. He stood up during the national anthem. So he's shown that I, I'm not disrespecting it. But I put my hand on Michael Bennett's shoulder because I understand what he's going through. And I'm through. showing support. I'm showing support. I'm supporting this man because I know that this right. is an issue. So, now, with that being said, what was this quote you wanted to talk about? Okay, so real quick, I want to make one quick point and then I want to read the quote. Um, now, for me personally, I stand for the national anthem. And the reason why I stand for the national anthem is because I believe it is hogwash that people that racists claim that this country doesn't belong to me too that's that's how i look at it that's my perspective that, uh, my, my perspective is this country is just as much mine as it is anybody else's mm-hmm. and that's why i stand for the national anthem but like like eric said and like you said i understand why people view things the way that they do and why they don't stand up i get it and i understand and they have the right to do it now real quick because we got i know we got to go to break The quote that I want to leave you guys with on this segment is this. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to, quote, order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action. I, I, and basically that will wrap up the fact that people are going ahead and they follow what they're told to do. And what the media oh, puts in their brain. And what everybody, them. yeah, what the government says to do instead of what's actually right most of the time. And so, yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, so we'll be back right here shortly on Necessary Roughness. If you're looking to increase productivity for your firm or medical office without increasing your expenses, then call Morrow Paralegal Services and let our experienced professionals provide you with quality work at reasonable rates. We provide paralegal services to attorneys, medical and law firms, and the general public. Give us a call at 216-273-6134. That's 216-273-6134. Again, that's 216-273-6134. And Marl paralegal services not an attorney we do not give legal advice this is necessary roughness on espn mansfield and the fcb radio network hey yo welcome back to necessary roughness my name is eric e will williams alongside darvio the kingpin morrow and the brian blankenship so, uh, right now we're going to do a quick little preview on fantasy football. Today is actually National uh, Fantasy Football Draft Day, uh, but we're going to do our coverage next week. Um, so, right now what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick little preview. We're going to give uh, – me and Brian are going to give you who we think our best uh, player is at each position for quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and a one-sleeper rookie. Brian, you're first. Um, at quarterback, obviously, I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. 
uh, discount double check. Got to go ahead and throw it out to him. <laughs> they added Martellus Bennett, already have some of the best receivers. Ty Montgomery has been playing well. So I got to say Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback on the board. I'm going to shock people here. I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson at running back. I think Le'Veon Bell is a do-it-all guy, can line up in the slot or at receiver, basically, and is also a great runner. Wide receiver, also going to uh, go ahead and go off the radar a little bit. I'm going to go with Julio Jones over Antonio Bryan um, because I Antonio think- Brown? Whoever. There you go with another name mess up. This is a staple hey, of yours. That's a pit, another Pittsburgh Steeler. It just tells you how much I, I, don't, I don't even want to mention him. I'm just, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm going to go Julio. I just think he's great. That's all I'm going to say about him. And tight end, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, no more Jeremy Macklin. They're already low on receivers. They're going to depend a lot on Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Hold off on your sleeper rookie. We'll do that last. Gotcha. All right, so we were both in agreement. I also put down Aaron Rodgers for the best quarterback. Um, it's so funny because your running back and your receiver, I was torn between those same four mm-hmm. people. Uh, but you went Le'Veon Bell. I went David Johnson. I feel oh, um, out there in Arizona, uh, Carson Palmer's getting older. They don't have as many weapons at receivers. Um uh, but so I feel like the workload is going to fall more on David Johnson. Uh, wide receiver was a hard pick for me because everybody knows after the Browns, the Falcons are my second favorite team. They're my favorite NFC team. So, of course, I want to pick Julio Jones. He's done me good in years past. But Antonio Brown, I feel like he's going to ball out again. Uh, so I took Antonio Brown. You didn't take Antonio Bryan? No, I took Antonio oh, okay. Brown. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. People, you know, people who are uh, like Darvio, who are just starting out in uh, Fantasy Fall, he's going to join our league this year. Shout out to him. Yes, I've done um, it one time. And I don't suck let your it. loyalties get in the way of who you draft. That's, oh, yeah, that's I know one that. big tip I'll give you. Anyways, moving on. Uh, tight end. I also chose Travis Kelsey, uh, our Cleveland Heights boy uh, from yes, up our indeed. way. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, um, let's go with your sleeper rookie. I actually have two of them because I was I was I was position torn. and team. All right, I'm gonna say running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware didn't look very good at the uh, end of last Toledo, year. He's from Toledo, ain't he? He's from Toledo. There we go, another hometown. Um, so I'm gonna say Kareem Hunt is my running back uh, choice. He could end up taking that job from Spencer Ware, and then wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, big tall receiver. Guy who in that they they spread the ball out a lot. I think he's from Northern Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. And I he uh, I, he's been showing off in preseason. He's got great hands. I think he'll be a sleeper. I really dug for mine. Um, and oh, this one is actually gonna probably catch um, me off guard. Uh, Go ahead, Joe Williams, running back for oh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like he will be maybe not at first, but he's gonna take over the starting position, and he'll be a big contributor this year for San lot Francisco. A lot of talks about Carlos Hyde possibly getting cut. So I mean, you could uh, oh, he could wow. immediately. Yeah. yeah. So that's my sleeper rookie. Um, next week we'll get a little bit more in depth with our fantasy football coverage. Um, but for now, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at NRCLE and Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. See you guys next week. We are Necessary Roughness. Peace. The FCB Radio Network. First class broadcasting worldwide. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.